The native speakers were sometimes confused by the agent's interruption、uh, because they thought the co- the communication was already fair, and they felt really annoyed when they were interrupted.、Um, and、uh, this brings up potential of future design, actually,、uh, where we can provide reasons for everyone when the agent has to interrupt. You're listening to Speaking of Language. A podcast recorded at the Language Resource Center at Cornell University. Each week, we explore a topic related to language pedagogy and second language acquisition. This week, on Speaking of Language, Xiaoyan Li enlightens us on her role in developing an AI agent that helps enforce equal participation for native speakers and second language learners in online discussions. Welcome to a new episode. Oh, I'm sorry. Of... Were we starting? Did we start? Oh, Sam! <laughs> why do you always interrupt me? I'm sorry. If only there were a bot that would ensure native speakers don't dominate discussions in multilingual online meetings.、Mm. Seriously. Anyway, welcome to Speaking of Language. I'm Angelica Kramer, the director of the Language Resource Center at Cornell University, and I'm Sam Lupowitz, the LRC's media manager. You guessed it. We are speaking with a guest today about an automatic agent that helps improve turn taking online. Welcome to Speaking of Language, Saoyan. Hi, Angelica. I'm really、uh, excited to be here, and we are so excited to have you, Saoyan. Please start us off by introducing yourself and sharing a bit about your background and path with languages. Gladly.、Um, hi, everyone. My name is Xiao Yan Li, and I'm currently a PhD student in information science. I work with Professor Sue Fussell, and my main research interests are、uh, multilingual communication and uh, uh, improving informal interactions,、mm-hmm. which include the hallway conversations and、mm-hmm. the water cooler conversations through technology when people have to meet remotely or in hybrid meetings.、Mm-hmm. What's your path with languages? What languages do you speak? I、uh, speak Mandarin, which is obviously my native language, and I also、uh, speak English. <laughs>、uh, and my path with English was a bit of a cliche because I、uh, started to fall in love with the language and the culture after watching Friends. Oh yeah,、mm-hmm. uh, same, is, same. Yeah, almost <laughs>、uh, everyone else's journey.、Uh, so I decided that I have to apply to.、Uh, A, a program uh, in mm-hmm. the U.S. Mm-hmm. as soon as I had the、uh, time and money to do so.、Mm-hmm. Nice, wonderful. Well, you know, this is one of the many things that TV is good for. I guess it brings <laughs> wonderful scholars and people to different countries. So that's really nice.、Um, you just mentioned a little bit about your area of specialization.、Um, one of it being human-computer interaction, right? So computer-mediated communication and multilingual communication. Yeah. Can you describe a little bit about exactly what that work entails? What are you researching? What are you looking at? Yeah, so uh, HCI, um, com- a human-computer interaction, is an umbrella term that includes、uh, any research that involves the design and use of computer technology.、Mm-hmm. And HCI researchers look at、uh, how to design technologies that allow people to interact with computers in novel ways. And in my case.、Uh, I look at how to design technologies for people in multilingual groups to communicate better.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, in my other research area, I 
look at how to use technology to help people to uh, informally interact uh, when they have to communicate through technology. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. How did you first become interested in this topic, and what what led you to the field? Yeah. Uh, so although I'm lo- working on something slightly different, mm-hmm. what led me to the field is actually the paper that we're going to talk about today. Oh, okay. uh, when I first joined the grad program in mm-hmm. the U.S., I was a communication major, mm-hmm. and uh, I had to go to a lot of communication seminars, and uh, that obviously require a lot of talking. And everyone else in my cohort was just perfect at that. Mm -hmm. They were great at expressing their ideas and they were great at taking the floor and just uh, getting their ideas across. But I was really struggling Mm -hmm. in those seminars and those seminars were just a major part of my program at that time. Uh, So I brought up these concerns to my professor Professor Sufaso, who did years of research mm-hmm. uh, in this field, and she reassured me that I was not alone uh, in facing yeah, these challenges. <laughs> um, so that was a relief. Um, but then it was just fascinating to talk to her to her about this topic and read all the previous literature, mm-hmm. and we got to learn how uh, you know non-native speakers. Concern about their language barriers, sure. and uh, the instead of only focusing on getting their ideas across, and she also brought up a point that I never realized. She said that native speakers actually have no idea hmm. the of the language difficulties mm-hmm. that non-native speakers face um, when the not. When they don't say anything, mm-hmm. uh, native speakers actually just think they had nothing to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was also a new perspective for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we just got super interested in the topic. And we had this opportunity for a summer internship at NTT in mm-hmm. Japan, which is a top telecommunications company in Japan. Uh, so I worked with a close lab friend, Naomi Yamashita, mm-hmm. and uh, they helped to design the technology. And we collaborated to uh, conduct this research uh, that turned out to be a really interesting and meaningful mm-hmm. um, for, for uh, both me and um, our lab friends and mm-hmm. um, our lab. Yeah, well, yeah. and for any non-native speaker anywhere, too. So let's actually dive into this um, this project and this research and the, the paper that you recently published. So you tested a bot yeah. called a conversational agent mm-hmm. um, that was programmed to intervene after native speakers took six consecutive turns during yeah. online conversation. So tell us more about how you set up this project, what you investigated, what you found, and very important, did the bot have an actual name? <laughs> the bot actually had an actual name. <gasps> uh, it's Vanessa. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, Interesting. It's short for a facilitator for non-native speakers or oh. something like that. Okay. <laughs> but nice. we uh, made this name uh, <laughs> to for it to stand for something. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, and the agent uh, was designed to... Um, we used the IBM Watson automatic speech recognition mm-hmm. uh, technology to detect the number of turns by each member. And uh, the, the agent uh, detects the start of a turn when... 
uh, when when it sees the audio input of one speaker, mm-hmm. and uh, it detects the end of a turn when it sees another speaker took the floor mm-hmm. and spoke six words or more. Um, so the agent uh, interrupt the conversation by asking someone else to speak. Mm-hmm. We designed it to be this way because previous. Uh, studies that aimed at only providing language support for non-native speakers, or implicitly reminding native speakers mm-hmm. to uh, pass the conversation floors, didn't work. Mm-hmm. So we uh, tried to ask the agent to uh, directly uh, make this request mm-hmm. during the conversation uh, to see if it has the effect. Uh, affecting the participation among the group members, um, and it turned out it actually uh, was able to increase the participation mm-hmm. of non-native speakers mm-hmm. in the automatic agent con- condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, it uh, increased from twelve percent to seventeen uh, percent mm-hmm. of the total number of words spoken. Yeah. Um, so we were glad to say that. Sure. Um, but at the same time, the native speakers were sometimes confused by the agent's interruption mm. uh, because they thought the co- the communication was already fair, mm. and they felt mm. really annoyed when mm-hmm. they were interrupted. Um, and uh, this brings up potential of future. Uh, design actually, yeah. uh, where we can provide reasons for everyone um, when the agent has to interrupt. So people know that it interrupted because the communication mm. was not fair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, This is interesting. How did the bot know who a native speaker of English was and who a non-native speaker of English was? Yeah, this is actually also... Um, well, it will also be easy to um, detect through technology uh, based on the number of words spoken. Mm. But in for this specific study, we actually um, simply um, labeled the position Got of it. each speaker. Okay. Yeah, so that makes uh, it knew that someone was not an speaker yeah. before, before the communication started. Got it. And so the agent then simply interrupted after specific numbers of turn taking right so it didn't yeah. it didn't necessarily differentiate the intervention based on you know person 1 talked for 10 minutes solid and then person 2 talked for another 10 minutes so length of utterances did that factor into it or was it truly only turn taking by individuals yeah uh, for this study uh, we only um, counted the number of turns and mm-hmm. not the length mm-hmm. of uh, sentences mm-hmm. or, or or speech, um, but uh, it it can be a factor that future studies can take into account. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is this is so interesting, and uh-huh. and I also um, in one of the recent write ups here in the Cornell Chronicle, I also read about that the non native non native speakers at one point were given the option to basically trigger the agent to to stop the conversation, but yeah. that was something that the non-native speakers didn't really take too much advantage of. Do you have a yeah. sense of of why? Yeah, that was actually super surprising and disappointing because we really had high hopes for mm-hmm. the manual agent because we thought the automatic agent might interrupt at mm-hmm. imperfect yeah, yeah. timings. 
Um, so we thought the manual agent would be more helpful to the non-native speaker because they can just press the button mm-hmm. and the agent will just create a floor for them. Um, but uh, it all just brought up to the original issue. They were still just concerned about mm-hmm. finding the right timing mm-hmm. to press the button. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were worried about um, interrupting a lively discussion. Sure. Um, so the first part is linguistic issues. Um, and the second part is cultural mm-hmm. issue because mm-hmm. uh, they were from a high context culture. Sure. And they think about the context before uh, making um, a decision to take a certain action. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that was uh, surprising, but it was also interesting to know um, that uh, the non-native speakers are, are, are just uh, hesitant to to interrupt even though they had an assistant uh, to help them. Your lab is developing its own bot right now. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, so the new agent that uh, our lab is developing, uh, they will just learn from the uh, findings that we got from uh, the paper that we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. Uh, They will take into consideration of uh, how non-native speakers are hesitant uh, using um, the manual agent, mm-hmm. and they will detect their uh, psychological state using technology mm-hmm. and decide um, the timing that they are more willing to participate uh, and uh, the timing that they are more willing to uh, actually create a floor for themselves. And on the other hand, uh, Learning from the non-native speaker's frustration of being interrupted by an agent, um, the new agent that we are designing uh, will bring the native speakers um, as a collaborator uh, when the agent interrupts. Mm. Uh, So the agent will privately notify the native speakers that uh, it might be oh, timing to pass yeah. the conversational floor so the native speakers can actually decide uh, the right timing to pass out the floor without being interrupted publicly by the agent. Mm. Oh, that is interesting. Huh. Fascinating. I, I can't wait to see how this work continues and, and what other findings you have. Do you, do you have plans for running more um, experiments with the the different agents to to see you know the feasibility of of what the agent can do. Yeah, definitely. Um, me or uh, someone else in mm-hmm. our lab, uh, we are definitely interested in uh, testing out more uh, future designs to um, improve this issue mm-hmm. in the future mm-hmm. because it's really important for everyone in multilingual groups mm-hmm. perspectives to be heard um, because that's how the strength of uh, multilingual groups are built on sure um, they build on diversity mm-hmm. and heterogeneous uh, perspectives so yeah well and you know I think not only for multilingual groups but I'm just thinking about different personalities even if you have a group of you know a homogeneous group of speakers I'm, I mean some people are shyer than others and you know are hesitant to take the floor so I think I can I can imagine many scenarios in in group work just in you know in college classes college classrooms alone 
where one student tends to dominate. And I think Mm -hmm. ensuring that, you know, small group work is more collaborative, I think an agent like that could have, you know, huge benefits. Yeah, definitely. Um, Participation in any kind of groups um, is is important. And um, different groups have, uh, you know, dominant speakers and um, Mm -hmm. less... Mm -hmm. Yeah, less dominant ones, yeah. 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 Yeah, interesting. So, of course, we approach this um, from the perspective of world language education. What are some of the opportunities that you see for, you know, language educators and language learners based on your research? Are there specific, you know, challenges or specific affordances that you think these technologies have? Yeah, I think um, some lessons uh, are that uh, facilitating and reminding people to speak or reminding people of the participation imbalance actually works. That's a valuable uh, lesson that we learned from mm-hmm. the study. And uh, also, it was an uh, overarching theme uh, from the interviews with the non-native speakers. Although sometimes they were surprised when the agent interrupted and when mm-hmm. they had to participate in the conversation, <laughs> they actually felt really good after yeah. having their ideas sh- across sure, um, yeah. after having their perspectives heard by their group members mm-hmm. um so i think it it's useful for the non-native speakers including myself to focus more on getting the ideas across mm-hmm. and less mm-hmm. on um the anxiety about language sure. barriers yeah absolutely that's a good point fascinating so To go a little broader and maybe a little sillier, uh, we've spoken (laughs) with a few guests about AI and ChatGPT, other examples of machine learning. How do these technologies affect you and your work? And are you worried at all about a robot uprising? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, for the first question. uh, (laughs) They are great. They are great for my research area. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have... um, talk to some of my colleagues and uh, they actually say that uh, chat GPT provide better language style and grammar uh, for translation mm-hmm. uh, and they can definitely be potentially used as a translating assistant for mm-hmm. non-native speakers uh, although their robustness uh, was not as good as commercial translation sure. um Uh, technology, but I'm sure um, it has great potential. Mm -hmm. As for the robot uprising, uh, yes. Um, I have a really good friend who is also uh, in our lab um, researching on the power and robot. And uh, he was looking at that topic simply because of the fear of uprising of robots. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I guess I was influenced by him a little bit. So hang on, what's his stance? He is concerned about the robot uprising? Definitely. Sam. All right, this is good. <laughs> this is, we had a lot of very, we had some more utopian <laughs> and more pragmatic views of this. But yes. these, now this is the last two people we've asked this question have expressed some more doubt and, and concern. So this is something we'll continue to investigate hmm. i think interesting very interesting yeah well i mean i i still agree with our last guest though that none of this will happen during our lifetimes or at least i hope so <laughs> <laughs> 
This is wild. Zarian, this is so interesting. I'm, I'm really fascinated by your work. Where can our listeners learn more about you and um, your work and maybe that, that recent paper that was just published? Yeah, uh, they can find uh, the recent paper through ACM Digital Library. Mm -hmm. um, they can also uh, find um, other related work um, of me and uh, other people in our lab by simply Googling um, my name uh, and the name of our lab, which is um, Computer and Collaborative Technologies Lab in Cornell University. Wonderful. And we'll make sure to link to those in the show notes as well. Before we sign off, we'd like to ask you to share a word in a language you speak, love, are learning, want to learn, that makes you laugh. What is that word? I, I took a German class oh. back when I was in college. Mm -hmm. uh, and I learned this word that means goodbye mm -hmm. in German. And it's choose. Uh, which sounds exactly like go to hell in Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever I hear about it, <laughs> I laugh a little because it's philosophical. <laughs> you, you, this is, this is a, a power that you didn't know you had in Galica. No, no, I did not. Oh, oh. New heights, new heights. I love it. I, I can't believe that I've never heard this before. I know. This is, you, you could have been really offending people without even knowing it. <laughs> oh, oh, now I need to think about all the Mandarin speakers I know. Yeah. And I'm just going to send them straight to hell when I say goodbye. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, this is awesome. Very, very funny. This is actually, this is funny. I'm going to chuckle from now on every time I say tschüss. <laughs> and I was about to commend you on your German pronunciation because that was very good. Very oh, good. thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Saoyan, thank you so much for speaking of language with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me here. I really enjoy talking to you, and uh, this is a really fascinating experience for me. <laughs> well, you did well, and we didn't even need an agent to there you go. stop <laughs> Sam from interrupting <laughs> us. I, I'm, I know. It's this problem we have here. <laughs> Next week, we are joined by Margaret Ranstall-Green and Eric Barker. Margaret is a linguist and creator of constructed languages, or conlangs. Those are fully developed languages spoken by fictional peoples in creative works. Her husband, Eric, is a musician who collaborates with Margaret on creating music for these cultures and peoples. We're excited to learn about their work and process. Until then... Cheers. The Language Resource Center is located on the ground floor of Stimson Hall on Cornell's main campus in Ithaca, New York. Check us out on the web at lrc.cornell.edu. Or follow Cornell LRC on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Speaking of Language is produced by Angelica Kramer and Sam Lupowitz. Recorded by Sam Lupowitz. Original music by Sam Lupowitz, Dan Gable, and Joe Gibson. Thanks also to the College of Arts and Sciences at Cornell University. As a reminder, the ideas and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of the College of Arts and Sciences or any other official entity of Cornell University. We thank our listeners, and do stay tuned for our next episode.